we're talking about one of the biggest technological challenges in the history of humankind, how to, how to switch on mobility. It's the first time that the, that the whole of hum, humankind stopped moving, <laughs> all of us at the same time. So how do we, how do we open it up again? So there are really big uh, companies and smart minds thinking about this, and there's a lot of technology out there. But the technology that is being developed by these big companies focus primarily on one area, which is mobility. I'm Peter Lowe, co-founder of Imovid, and you're listening to Gut Talks, double G, U, double T. Hi, everyone. Maria here, and welcome to season one of Gut Talks, Gut, double G, U, double T, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design and gut feelings. Our guest today is Pieter Law, leading the development of Imovid, of which he's a co-founder, an up-and-coming technology service to travel, work and play safely. Safe from COVID-19 that provides screening and identity verification accessible to everyone, with the goal of helping reviving the economy. So this is an adventure Pieter and his wife embarked on as soon as the pandemic started. And it's not a tracking service. It's not a tracking service. You're right. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> they, dropped, uh, they dropped everything they were doing and, and created Imovid as a JV with partner businesses in Switzerland, Ireland and the US. Pieter is South African, German, living in Spain. And after studying technology law, he fell in love with sustainable business models early in his career, which saved him from pursuing a career in law, as he likes to say it. His first frame to the world of sustainability was with the development of the Global Fair Trade Certification System. And he collaborated and led several tech projects focused on volunteering and transforming the power of football for good. So, Pieter, it's great to have you, you on Gut Talks. And I'm excited to share the beginning of the story of Imovid. I'm sure we're going to be he- hearing about it uh, quite a lot. And you embarked on a very challenging journey. The startup journey per se is challenging, but most importantly, the space we're in and what's happening today in the world. So tell me more. Yeah, Maria, it's great to be on Gut Talks. And <clears throat> yeah, wow, what a journey it has been. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, it, Imovid really is something that was that was born during the pandemic. It's the creation of, of me and my wife. Uh, we are business partners and life partners. And I've always been fascinated by, by sustainable business models and technology and the role that technology can play in helping to harvest the collective power that we all have, you know, to, 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 to solve problems, basically. And when the pandemic struck, uh, we were just like everybody else ripped out of our worlds. You know, the, the traje- trajectory we were on was altered. And um, we, you know, to a large extent, we were lucky. We were lucky because we were working with uh, a bunch of technologies at the time that we saw could really be relevant. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned to you, it was a gut feeling. It was, it was a, it was a gut feeling. Um, That's the moment. <laughs> it was a gut, it was a gut, it was absolutely a gut feeling, a very knowledge, a certainty um, of something that needs to happen um, where we can play a role, an important role in uh, in what is in what is to come, and I'm sure we're going to go in that in, uh, into that in a second because Imovid was born right at the beginning during during the first lockdown uh, when we did not know as much collectively as we know now. Okay, so you're based in Spain, so you were one of the actually you were the second countries in Europe 
to get okay. into a, a lockdown and uh, have a spiking number. So let, let's uh, set the scene a little bit. What's Imovid? So what's the pitch to the public and the pitch to, if you want, businesses? Because I think you have two types of users. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So Imovid is a platform of technology and it's designed to help all of us get back to work, get back to travel, get back to our lives during this pandemic and beyond. Um, and it is aimed at individuals, at businesses, and at governments, basically. And what it means for me as an individual, what Imovid does is it helps me to, to navigate the world of traveling in this new normal that we're all living in, which is different from the way that it was before. I have to do new and different things. Um, I have to maybe get a test to be able to travel. I might have a vaccine later on. I might need to adhere to, to requirements and regulations that I didn't have to before. I might have to find products and services that I didn't need before, right? Um, it's complicated, it's scary, and I need help as an individual. And as a business, I've been through several phases of opening up and locking down, opening up and locking down. Uh, I have mostly specifically in the tourism industry suffered catastrophic losses um i'm surviving and i need to find a way to open up sustainably and i need to find a way to to connect with to become visible to this new growing sector of covid protected traveler that's coming it's one of the biggest growing markets in the world right now is this COVID protected traveler. I'm not talking about January 2021. I think six months from now, I think a year from now. And then governments, lastly, they have a tremendous challenge, which is there is now something new that is relevant to know about and to check when I welcome people into my country in order to protect public health. And I never had to do this before. And to do this efficiently, sustainably is, is a challenge. And, and Imovid is an ecosystem that really connects these three, three points of a triangle. So um, what makes Imovid so different? Like what, what's the competitive landscape? I mean, you know, now corporations are jumping on this bandwagon. If you think about, you know, Salesforce. So there, you know, all of, all of the, the Google, uh, Apple, um, Salesforce is, a, is one of them. IBM is another one. Um, IBM, yeah. Yeah. What makes you so, so different and why, um, Imovid? Because we said clearly at the beginning, it's not a tracking device. No, it's not. No. So how do you present it? To, to showcase that it is different and it's it's about the experience it's about changing mindset as well but facilitating this also sure so i think that just just maybe spending one minute on on it's not a tracking device is quite important because all of us when our experience through the pandemic the first thing we heard about technology was about tracking and tracing right and to, uh, the, i mean which sorry to interrupt which can be scary to some people Yes, it can be scary to some people because it is an in, it definitely an intrusion into my privacy. It's uh, from a technological perspective for me. I have to have my Bluetooth switched on, which takes away the power of my battery. But it also means that that my location is is visible. It it's definitely more intrusive. But more importantly, and we can be um, politically correct about this, or we can just say it exactly the way that it was. It was a total failure. Almost all tracking and tracing applications did not work for the purpose they were intended to. Um, it is. So, you know, the, the data has been analyzed and, and, and a very, very small percentage of people actually use the technology, what it was intended for. So the main purpose of it, which was to protect public health, 
it didn't work, right? And Emovid is not a, tra a tracking and tracing app. You do not need to have your Bluetooth uh, um, switched on. You do not have your geolocation switched on while you're not using the app. The purpose of Emovid is different. Now, in terms of competition, the competitive landscape, you're right. The, um, the, the industry is very competitive. We're talking about one of the biggest technological challenges in the history of humankind, how to, how to switch on mobility. It's the first time that the, that the whole of human, humankind stopped moving, <laughs> all of us at the same time. So how do, we, how do we open it up again? So there are really big uh, companies and smart minds thinking about this, and there's a lot of technology out there. But the technology that is being developed by these big companies focus primarily on one area, which is mobility, which is how to creating health passes, travel passes, vaccine passports. They've got different names, but they all do the same thing. They allow me to match my identity to a test result or to a vaccine uh, status and to use that to travel, to travel through airports specifically. So yes, there are many companies working on it, but almost everybody's trying to solve this problem of the first step of mobility. And although we're working on that as well, so we, we have a health pass as a part of the Imovid solution. There is, however, the it's the other part of the platform that really separates us out in the marketplace which is we've created a set of solutions for the industry. So the fact, you know, if I'm a hotel or I'm a restaurant, let's take Spain, um, which has been hit really hard by COVID lockdowns, the, the, the tourism industry, it's terrible. The fact that the government changes legislation to require people to present a PCR test when they're traveling to the country, that requires a health pass in the future. That's great. It's great for public health in Spain. But for me as a restaurant, for me as a hotel, I do not benefit from this. I do not have connection to these people. They can't see me. I can't see them. And I don't have a tool with which I can specifically attract people like that and turn my hotel into a COVID-protected environment. And this is what Imovit does. So, um, And that part is a massive distinction from anything else that we found in the market. It allows us to have really interesting conversations and solutions to the tourism industry and for governments. You said at the beginning, it's a, uh, Imovid is a JV. It's a joint venture between different technology companies. And one of our, you know, one of our core partners is a Swiss company called Explain. They have really interesting technology, technology, uh, technology solutions working with governments, uh, for years now already. And that allows us to also help governments to integrate these new COVID controls into existing. Uh, passport controls, for instance, at a border that changes the conversation and it helps us to be able to talk to governments on a, almost an eye to eye level to help them to develop these new, to prepare the tourism industry for the travel once it re reignites later on this year. Okay, you tapped into something interesting, saying that one of um, the companies part of this uh, bigger venture already works with governments. So this is certainly a strong point and it allows you to make or have more conversations because, you know, the oracles and Salesforce, we mentioned digital natives or corporations, whatever you want to name it, name them. They also have, how to say, I mean, they also have this access to maybe be the first uh, on the market. So in your case, you know, I guess being early in the space, um, you know, we obviously expect COVID not to go at any point in time soon, at least. Uh, there's a new mindset, as we mentioned. So Imovid is here to change 
or support the way we live, work, and relate to one another all over. And it's a challenging opportunity, but it's a phenomenal opportunity because it challenges everyone. And I don't usually like to, to say that or use this example, but Google kind of serves everyone. And in your case, it's the same. You are serving everyone. This yeah. is where, you know, the, the opportunity uh, lies. But how speed to market and urgency, how are you going to tackle those two? Oh, I'm very glad you asked that because, um, and maybe maybe before I go straight into speed to market um, and how to, how to do that, just one comment. You know, um, you you said something. COVID is most probably not going to go away very soon, um, and we all we all live in daily hope that that it does. You know, and we hope that the vaccines are effective. And but that's not really what I want to mention. What I want to mention was uh, something that came out. You know, we talk to governments every day. Uh, we talk to airlines. We talk to all all parts of the tourism industry in across the world. And one of the messages that are coming that's coming back specifically from governments and airlines is they are preparing for the long haul in this. Not because only of COVID nineteen, but because something has changed in our psyche collectively. Um, and they they compare it very much to you know after nine eleven. There were changes in security checks at airports, and everybody was saying, "Ah, oh, you know, that's going to go away. That's 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 a reaction to something, right?" And then it, it's 20 years later now, and we have the same checks that we had that were brought in after 9/11. Uh, you know, it's very. And what's happened with the collective psyche now is that everybody's starting to realize on different levels, specifically the governments and airports, is there's something that we never used to control or check or think was really relevant when people move around, which now we understand is really relevant. So right now it's COVID-19. We're in a specific phase of this pandemic, and that might carry on for quite some time, and we will be checking things that are different things along the way. But then there will be other things in the future that might be relevant to protect all of us to control. And in, and in terms of, sorry, I just wanted to make that point. And then in terms of speed to market, it's the biggest challenge that there is because um, the demand and the necessity is so enormous you know and there is our our strategy on this is there is no way to make a meaningful change in the market without collaboration um we are uh, a really core part of our work is to develop collaborations with the biggest networks of companies that are relevant in the space so we have entered into agreements with some of the biggest for instance um testing labs in the world um that have mo that have thousands of points across uh, across the world to allow people to contact them so that they can get the test that they need so that they can move forward and also from a tech perspective we are totally open to any collaboration we welcome the fact that the sales forces of the world and the apples of the world are working in a part of the space that we're working in we really hope that we would be able to um you know to collaborate uh, because the there is just so much to do and to do it really quickly okay interesting so so you have calls all the time so i'm lucky to have an hour of your time today <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to be here really i really am I'm enjoying this very much <laughs> thank you mm. and yeah so am i actually it's it's super interesting and i, I want to ask you what are the hurdles you're facing so far and challenges and what are the next challenges you're gonna be you're expecting to, to face um th th there's a general challenge that we've been facing that we faced 
my wife and I, um, when when this started, you know, specifically, I would say during summer of last year, we really felt like, uh, you know, the people standing in the desert telling everybody that something is going to happen, uh, you know, it's going to rain and you have to prepare. And we, we received a lot of feedback in general from all levels, from governments through to business, through to individuals sort of saying, yeah, yeah, you know. This is going to blow away. COVID's going to go away. It's going to. This is not a. It's a temporary thing. It's a hiccup. It's a big hiccup. It's, it hurts a lot, but it's it's a hiccup. This is not. We had the same feedback from investors initially, where people say, yeah, you know, I'm an investor. I have an, I have a long term vision uh, in terms of return. And you're talking about something that's now, right? The third, the second, and the third wave of this pandemic has changed that fundamentally. Um, that was the first big hurdle was to get people to really listen. Because they were focused on hiding and waiting and then getting back to normal. And that has changed now. And uh, I, we don't expect it to, to go back the other way. This pandemic really has their attention uh, on all levels and they're looking for new ways of doing things. And there are challenges from a, from a you know, go to market is a massive challenge. Just getting to scale very quickly will always be a challenge. Technologically, there are two big challenges that in, in the world, not only for us. One is, the COVID reality has is accompanied by regulation that is starting to be formed around the world. And there isn't one set of rules. They change and they're different. To travel into Spain, you need a PCR RT test with less than 72 hours, which is not any type of PCR test. Whereas if I go to Dubai, it's different. If I go to France, they don't want a PCR test. They want an antigen test. If I fly into the US, it depends where I enter. They're changing the rules right next week again. But in New York, there are eight different tests that are accepted. Um, then the vaccines will come. And again, it's another layer of regulation. So being able to navigate this and make it easy for individuals, for businesses, for governments, for airlines to just operate with the changing landscape of regulations. That's a challenge, also from a technological perspective. And then going back to the previous conversation about the involvement of all the different companies, there's a big challenge coming to the mobility industry, which is there are going to be lots of these health passes, lots of them. I'll have my health pass on my iPhone. I'll have my health pass from, there's another really cool project called Common Pass. They have a, a health pass as well. There'll be a health, a health pass from my from the state. I don't know, the NHS in the UK might have a health pass as well. And I will want to use this to prove, for instance, my vaccine status as I travel a, a, across the world. Technologically, being able to read, validate those different health passes and emit a guarantee on the other side saying, yeah, this is right and can be accepted is a challenge. It's really interesting one that we are working on right now um, in, in, in Switzerland, which is a, which is a really, really cool piece of work, but that's a big challenge. Yeah, I think you're anticipating the challenges because I was going to ask you about regulations actually, and you tapped into something interesting regarding airports. And I have two things to, to share with you. I, I think I listened to someone, I can't remember where I heard that, but the reason why they ask you to go to the airport two hours ahead of time, and in some countries, three hours ahead of time or more, is because they want to observe you and see what you're doing, how how you act, how you react. This is how they make sure, you know, you're not going to come and do something bad. And with COVID or the pandemic, this is 
gonna be another thing, as you said, that will change. But also, when I was traveling back to Italy, it was actually I got locked down in Cyprus, okay, for three months, and I I went with my winter clothes for a week. I ended up staying <laughs> until June, and I didn't have any summer clothes. But anyway, I had to go to Greece. There was there were no direct flights, and usually when you travel within the EU, if you have a, if you don't don't have any EU passport, but you have a permit of stay, you're just allowed in. But in that case, everyone was confused. So they made me wait in Cyprus for 30 minutes to check if I could go through Greece. And it was the same thing in Greece, waiting to check if I can go through Greece to Italy. I mean, I was just at the airports. So this is one of the things. And this makes the experience really bad, which is something you tapped into. It's a massive challenge. I mean, uh, to be able to aggregate all this data as well and make sure that People don't have to worry about anything, but Imovid will do it for you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a cha- It's doable, but it is a challenge. And and um, it's so interesting your example, your experience here, because you're living through what is happening now. You know, from a if I think about the part of our technology that comes from um, being able to really identify people. There are concepts. There are different concepts here. One is, a, for instance, a document that accredits your identity, a passport, right? It says who you are. And then there are validations. A visa. I might have a passport, say I'm Peter, but I have a visa that says I'm allowed to work in the U.S., for instance. That is a validation. It's not, It's not. and I need both things, right? Um, and it's not my identity. Now, COVID has shown us that um, in a situation like this, health status and the capacity of proving health status becomes another layer of validation that affects legal s- structures. The Schengen area should allow, in principle, for free movement. But um, now we have this additional layer of health status, and you lived through that. Uh, I'm here, I need to get here, and in the middle <laughs> is a country that, that needs a, a different thing, right? And so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big challenge, but you mentioned also the reason of why we need to solve it because of the user experience. Users need to focus on their travel, on their work. Uh, we need them to focus on their tourism to enjoy it um, so that they do more of it, so that they stimulate the economy, so that they feel good, safe, that they that, that they don't feel uncertain about, oh, God, am I going to get stuck in the airport and not be able to fly? No, you relax, you know, think about your business trip, think about your holiday. We will take care of this new complexity in your life because you don't, have, you can't, it's too complex and you don't have to, we'll take care of it. And that's the reason why we're doing it. You're spot on. It's about the user experience, about making it uh, really feasible for people to travel and to move around. Yeah, it should certainly be, it should be fluid because yeah. this is what people want today. They want speed. They don't want to worry about it. They want to go yeah. just at the tip of their finger and that's it, done. They don't right. think about it. They remember it. They share it. They talk about it. And this is how the business will grow as well. It's certainly a, a, a key point. So I'm really pleased of this conversation because we're tapping into all the elements of the focus. Sure. Uh, so you're aggregating all of this together. That's uh I think, I mean, people would pay for such a service. Although I, I know I'm not going to go deeper into, you know, your revenue model and all of that. It's not uh, the topic, but just how, how quickly, how are you planning to, to make money out of this? Um, in terms of, in terms of the business model, there's a, there's a really important principle, um, here, uh, for us. Right from the, from the beginning, we did not want to create a solution for, um, a niche part of the market, uh, you know, for the luxury traveler and the five-star hotel that they're going to. No, this is something that must work at at vast scale. So the cost per user for me to travel 
and the, uh, is is very very low. So on average, we're talking about your your flight from your origin to Italy um, would have cost you approximately two euros. Would have been the on cost of using Immovit. Okay, right? Right. and and for me as a as a hotel, for instance, just to take an example, to receive you in a safe space where you can be sure that you will be. Um, your COVID status will be confirmed as well as other people, as well as the staff, knowing that you can, it's a different experience. It's a more relaxing experience. For me as a hotel, the cost that I would have would be less than uh, a euro per client that I, that I accept in my hotel. So the whole structure is, 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 is designed for scale to work on volume. Um, and that is what has been, you know, it's, it's been attractive for us from the beginning that this, this, this idea of, of having a, a business model that really allows volume uh, into the market. Okay, interesting. So at least it's accessible to everyone. And this was the initial uh, conversation and why you started doing all of this. Absolutely. Yeah, may I ask you actually if uh, you're getting interest already? Because you you said you speak to governments all over the world already. How are they hearing about you? And have you had any pilots in place or partners, investors? So the the um, we we went through, as I mentioned earlier, an, an initial phase of um, uh, not not getting very serious uh, feedback. That has changed yeah. completely, right? Okay. Uh, so uh, we have now got really advanced conversations ongoing on all levels. Uh, the governments that we're talking to, we're talking to governments on a, on a national level. And then, uh, and those conversations tend to be in general conversations that take a while. Conversations that are really going very fast are, uh, are conversations we have with city governments that are, there's a, just as a, as a side note, there is a, a race, a real race between different cities uh, across Europe to prepare, and if it's happening across Europe, it's happening in other parts of the world as well, to prepare now to become um, COVID-protected tourist destinations once mobility starts again. And this means that you have to think about all of the topics we discussed today, and we're a really good partner for them. So we're working with several city governments now on on the creation of COVID-protected corridors for when travel opens up again, right? And those conversations from an economic, from a commercial perspective are, are becoming extremely mature. They are now, they are now maturing. Um, in terms of the private sector, we have several signed agreements already with sales channels. So these are companies that are, uh, have access to vast amounts of uh, in the B2C market with, with clients, with customers, with travelers that want to move. And talking about travel agents, tra- travel agencies, we're talking about insurance companies that are um, integrating, basically including Imovid in a package that they are taking to customers now. That's happening on an ongoing basis now. So, so that, that that's happening as well. So in general, I think that the, the, the summary is from a commercial perspective, it is we've been having conversations now for several months. And as you all of us know uh, the concept of a sales funnel, right? Where you have yes. deals at the top that then mature. That uh, we are now really pushing things through from the from the top to the bottom, and it's happening very quickly because of the pandemic um, that has forced a lot of businesses to now say, "Okay, I've been reluctant to make decisions so far. Now I really have to." And and so now I'm uh, now I'm listening to you and now you know give me the offer let's talk and let's make a decision. I mean everything has been going great and um, you're growing so fast and 
you know, between the lines, we've been talking also about product development or tapping into that. So um, I, I want to jump a little bit into that. Can you expand a little bit more on how you're building this? Because obviously it requires speed. You already have a combination of five companies. I don't know how many people, but who's doing what and how are you man managing this over three countries, at least, I guess? And you started when the travel was reduced or completely banned. So how are you building a product with, you know, that is growing so quickly? Actually, the part that you would think was the problem was not the problem. The fact that we couldn't move wasn't the issue um, because the whole world has now learned that this works as well. You know, uh, sure. yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and um, so the fact that that part of the development team uh, is in is in Ireland just means that when we set a date for a call, I have to remember they're you know they're one hour behind. That's it. So we we're joint venture, different companies. There is a there's a lot of muscle that can very quickly uh, do a lot of development. Um, the the development that has to do with the user experience, with the mobile application, and for me to be able to travel so the solution for the traveler is um uh, our core partner there is uh, is a company called marino they're in, they're based in ireland and what they uh, they have, and they have a team they have a dedicated team that is that are, that are working on this product on an ongoing basis and we are in daily uh, communication with them so you know all of the i really don't want to go into too much detail but they're you know an agile product development strategy where uh, you, you do planning you set a couple of uh, sprints and then there is a there is development yeah. it's, it's 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 reviewed i think everybody that works in digital product development you know are, they would be familiar with this type of of process um and then part of the development that's relevant to um more to the uh, control part, more to the formal part, more to the governmental part, more to, more to the verification side. There we have teams in Switzerland, we have teams in, in here in Madrid as well, um, with dedicated members of teams working on this product on an ongoing basis, but with the capacity to really expand very, very quickly because there is a, you know, between all of the partners and to the joint venture, there's a there's a group of more than 100 develop developers that are uh, basically ready to pick up and to and to and to expand the product at any time that it's necessary to do so. Okay, so and you've also been working together for a while now, so you yeah, know how yeah yeah right exactly exactly okay. that, that that's of course the other thing is that it's not that we had to get to know each other first. We were already, uh, you know, we already were working together, so that helped a lot. And. Um, you know, based, uh, I have two, two, two questions now. Um, how did your background in law, um, help you? Because I'm just curious about that because you studied technology law, but you were saved interested <laughs> in sustainability. What, what's the story? Yeah. The story there is, I mean, actually, I, yeah, I studied, I studied law. I, I come from a family where there are lawyers and both of my brothers are lawyers and I sort of grew up. A little bit, or you know, I spent a lot of time in that in that community. I found it fascinating, but I also knew I really don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> you know, one day I I sort of looked at that, uh, and I, I was I was saved from 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 that world by by by, by a series of circumstances. Right? All of the good things that happened to me in my life happened in a very unplanned way. All of them, and um, not being a lawyer was one of those stories. And it started with me uh, being in Germany, um, doing some. Actually, it was uh, pro bono. Uh, 
uh, legal advice I was giving to an organization called Fair Trade. I didn't know what they were working on. And then I got fascinated by what they're doing is that, you know, they're trying to do this big thing. They want to make the conditions of global trade better and more fair, which sounds impossible, you know, and, and that then um, led to a journey of, of discovery and, and, and development, which, which brought me closer to at that time, understanding that businesses are looking for better and more sustainable ways of doing things. Customers want businesses to do that. There are really interesting business models. And I and I, I then moved very close to the development of these business models. And that's where I, I was very lucky to be able to learn. I, I spent a lot of time working with big corporations like Starbucks, like, you know, the, all of the, some of the, some of the big brands, big supermarkets around the world to develop these strategies. And, and, and it, there was part of something really big that made a big change in the world. So anyway, that's the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How that happened. No, thank you for that. It's, it's just, uh, you know, interesting because I like the, the saving part where you, you were saved. So yeah, well, for the good stuff, give the good reason, because you're doing yeah. something good, obviously. And Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the future and the scalability beyond, you know, or based on your research uh, so far and the conversations you've been having and what's happening in the market in general. How or where do you envision this going? Because we're starting with safety, with, you know, it's also accessibility to everyone to move around, to travel, to work, to enjoy their lives, basically. What a well-phrased question. Um so I would like to answer it a little bit, going back to one of the reasons why we why we started. So one of the first very motivated, very motivating factors to develop a business out of this and to really work on a solution was to look at the, the data, the projections on the impact of the COVID-related lockdowns on society. So when you look at the numbers um, now, now it's not a projection anymore. Now it's already happened. If you look at last year, we're talking about a true catastrophe that has struck humanity. We're talking about generations lost to poverty. We're talking about loss of of life expectancy. We're talking about um, United Nations development goals that, that had progressed a lot where we lost 20 years in six months. We're talking about families that have lost incomes, businesses that have shut down. This is a massive catastrophe. And the reason why we have to act very quickly is in order to, to avoid more catastrophe, in order to, to make a reopening of business sustainable, because that's what it was not last year. We opened up, we closed down. We opened up, we closed down. Um, and, and it's and, ongoing. I mean, yes, the local coffee shop here, he doesn't know if he's opening tomorrow or not. It's exactly. Just... Exactly. It's, it, it is just not... Feasible. So there is a there is a a real urgency from from a sustainability from an ethical perspective to act very quickly right now to be successful very quickly um, in order to be able to 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 give people hope and we can play a role in that and that that's very important in terms of the future where are we going to we're, I think you know, if I had to look into a crystal ball now. Um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm a very hopeful person. And I believe that, um, we will eventually manage to save a lot of lives. Not we as Imovid, we as the world because of vaccines, because of, um, therapies, because of smarter decision making, maybe some smarter people in power in, you know, in some parts of the world. <laughs> um, we will maybe save lives. We will save a lot of lives. That's, which is great. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, something fundamental has changed. We now understand that there's another dimension to mobility 
that we need to think about, and that's staying. So if I look into the crystal ball, into the future, I think that um, let's even go beyond COVID-19. Uh, we are in a, living in a world with mobility, with people that are traveling, people that are moving about, businesses that are open. But we are going to have a world where technologies and services like ours will will help you to let you know that in order to, to, to do this activity or to go to that place, you need something uh, related to your health, which ensures that you are that you do not present a risk to other people. And technologies like ours are going to help you to not have to think about it too much as you go as you go about your life. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So, so you don't present a risk, but also you're protected at the yeah. same time. So it's exactly. uh, two ways. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you tapped into ethical businesses and, and you talked in, that's not the subject, but you talked about having smarter leaders. <laughs> Governor, yeah. I don't think it's about being, I think they're smart. I just <laughs> think we need better people. Just yes. genuinely um, people who care about people <laughs> like and, and technology companies that care about people. Not not just about you know data of people to do other stuff with it. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, without really, I mean, this is not the topic of the conversation. But but yeah, I I, I think that yes, better people, and this. I mean, what what this pandemic has really done is it's 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 pointed out the things in life that are really important again, right? All of the food, um, you know, things that are just really massively important. Uh, health, we need people that are good in government and we need people that are less mediocre in government as well. Um, and uh, business models in the technology industry that are focused on delivering real services that are actually needed in order to to cover these very basic necessities that we now notice that we still have. T totally. And, and it's true that this pandemic brought back some humanity uh, because there's lots of people and companies who are willing to support Others, especially yep. at the beginning, it's like if you just think about the amount of webinars that were there, just people were just giving away stuff, yeah, which was great. So let's, uh, yeah, I want to ask you if if someone wants to know more about you and Inuvin, uh, where can they find you? What are you looking for as well? Let's use this platform. Are you looking for anything? Yeah, sure, I, I, absolutely, we are. I mean, um, we are. So to find us, it's really easy. You just go to imovit.com and contest, contact us there. That's the easiest way and we will respond immediately. The link is in the blurb. Oh, great. Um, so what do we need? Um, we need, this is a very big lift, um, the, what we're doing. And we need we need assistance and help and partnership everywhere. All the way from the partnerships that, that are necessary in order to implement our technology. So uh, partnerships around, for instance, with testing laboratories, as I mentioned, with insurance companies. We need assistance and collaboration and we need to communicate with governments uh, because they have a lot of planning to do. They have to get started now. And uh, obviously, in terms of financing and investment, there's a lot to do. And we have really interesting conversations going on with investors. But, you know, we, we're welcoming uh, more because there is uh, there's there's so much to do you know there's so much to do and there's this is not a moment to to um to fence fence yourself off that's really not what we're about yeah there's a lot to do and there's not so much time so i understand that one for sure no peter i don't know do you want to add anything for me it was great having you here and thank <laughs> you so much for for sharing all of this because we spoke about many things i just want to tap into like what's imovid and what's different about um Imovid and what's the differentiator compared to just uh, passes? 
uh, to allow one to travel because it's not only about this. Uh, it's about the technology and the set of solutions for different industries. Uh, we spoke about, you know, how to work as a team uh, across multiple countries and the relationships you had before uh, to get started with that. We spoke about the collaboration and the need to collaborate with other, other players in order to make a greater and faster and sustainable impact as well. We spoke about the challenges you're facing, about the importance of the experience for the user and the provider, like end-to-end, -end, uh, to help businesses, people, and governments. We also tapped into ethical Uh, businesses and the role you are playing now and the role you'd like to have in the future to advance, you know, progress and bring back stability and happiness. Anything you would like? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anything you would like to add? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was, a, it was a great conversation. Thank you very much, uh, Maria, for having, for having uh, Imovid here on Gut Talks. Um, it's, uh, it's a great platform and it was a great conversation. And I, I, I don't know, I, I think the only thing that I would like to add is just if there's a golden thread uh, through all of the conversations we have right now, It, it is the people that are acting now that are that are making that are getting ready now that are taking decisions now in order to pre prepare to truly accept the fact that things have changed and now we have to do things differently those are the ones that will be ready there is this great quote by uh, uh, by Martin Luther, Luther King jr that I don't know uh, off by heart but but the core principle of it is that um, there are moments in life where even if, when people have good intentions, you can really be too late, right? Um, and, then, and then it doesn't matter that you had good intentions or good ideas. Yeah, it is really a time for people to act. Uh, I think that's the, if I had to, if I had to send a, a, you know, a message out to every, that would be my message is it's really a time to act. And uh, we're acting um, and we're really uh, interested in, in collaborating with everybody. And it was a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much and good luck for everything. Thank you very much. You were listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matsloop. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast to listen to a new episode each week. If you enjoyed this episode, then please rate and review Gut Talks. If you'd like to ask a question, head over to gut.com, double G U double T dot com and ask away. And don't forget to enroll in the free crash course on mastering working sessions with post-its. Thanks for listening and see you next time.